you know, over the last week, last couple weeks. A couple months, it feels like. A couple months. <laughs> you know, we just we just came off the heels of six tracks of Pistol. Hmm. And That's interesting. That is interesting. We've been Yo. deeply entrenched. No. Yeah, in, I like it. We've been deeply entrenched in Matt's downward spiral of all things grunge and genre bending. place and music and no, life. What kind of genre is this? This is I'm, yeah. I'm I'm locked at the beginning of season three right now. I'm fucking dialed in. <laughs> what is but, genre? And and I the last couple of weeks I think it's 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 pushed us all to the edge a little bit. <laughs> so wipers. L- last <laughs> last week, over the last couple of weeks, we've been listening to a lot of grunge, knowing that we were probably going to get to this place. I have not. I, was, I just want to okay. You for a second, well, say, like. Yeah, no, like, no, no, Pete, do, don't be, don't be confused. Matt is definitely not done any research so, to clear up his <laughs> ill-prepared definition of an entire musical genre. Hold on. All right, so, so, the, so, show yet, so, so Matt's know. just Matt came out with a definition, and we've been listening to bands and asking, "Is it grunge or not?" And yes, he just, you would be. He just shakes a magic eight ball and says, "Maybe so." <laughs> he just says, but, I, plead, "I plead the fifth on that." Not, not true. In the midst of all that, I made a comment, Jeff, to you. Yeah. That I don't, I don't regret, but I also know it may have hit you hard, really oh. shaking you to your core. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's so this. I just wanted to clear the air, and I wanted to take a risk because in life you've got to take risks. So I know that when I shared that the Green River song, "This Town." Sounded sounded eerily similar yeah. to a Panthers song, Goblin City. Which, which, when I texted the Green River song, Matt just said, I think his response was, Pete, why did you, why did you share this song? And I think I know why, but I'm not going to be the first one to say. <laughs> so we're all, and I love this though because already this leads, this will lead into a big chunk of this episode. Is it a derogatory term? But go on. <laughs> it's like that's not even that's like a non-starter. So is I just, it a derogatory term because will this mean that Matt is going to have an entire episode where he shits on my own band? <laughs> Welcome to Doc Still Death, the podcast. Wait, started over. This guy's talking over you. (laughs) I know it's fucking guy. I didn't know you were gonna go into it. Sorry, I know how to pick up. I don't know how the podcast works. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Welcome to Doc Still Death, the podcast. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Welcome to Doc Still Death, the podcast where old punks are talking about punk documentaries. My name is Jeff Garlock. I'm Pete Zetlin. I'm Matt. Grungy and Matt, Godfather grungy of Grunge. Matt, grungy Matt. Can we change his name? Oh, no, we got it there. Godfather already, of Grunge. Great. Don't worry. Our Zoom has been updated. Matt is the Godfather of Grunge. <laughs> oh, 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 
all caps. All caps. Just in case that no one's listening to you, you're in their face with that. So, of course, people. Uh, also, if you listen to our last uh, full episode, you did hear this because we cut it out. But today, we're diving deep into grunge because. You know, if you've uh, – I don't even know. That's the thing. Everything is so, like, merged. I don't know what we talk about on the podcast <laughs> and what we berate each other with in our text thread for weeks on end in between these episodes. But we have been deep diving on the concept of grudge. And so that is also why we had to watch the Pete pick of 1996's Hype. Hype. Hype! Now, when I had, I think, what what was the last episode we did? Uh, uh, Minutemen. Pistol. Oh, we did Minutemen. And at the end of Minutemen. <laughs> pistol. <laughs> yo, pistol track. But at the end of Minutemen, <laughs> at the end of Minutemen, I had given, I had two ideas. And I threw deuce. one out. Yeah. One was uh, X-ray specs. Yeah. Should have done it. Molly then, keeps saying, when, asking when we're going to watch that one. Well, that was my my choice, but then Jeff was like, "Wait a minute, what was the other one?" Jeff when I said it, it, yeah, Jeff got very horny for Look, some grunge discussion. I was not, horny not so. for. I was horny for the possible ending of one topic on our text threads. It will not no, end. I know. End. I worry. I, this I, is... I that was my hope when it was late at night. I was in a fever dream of recording, thinking maybe we would come to some end conclusion on the concept of grunge and how it relates to music and hardcore in general but doesn't i feel work we're gonna get even further away especially after watching hype i mean you thought there and, was, there and was... getting P- and Pete getting matt's reactions to in real time watching hype immediately it was like you and me could see a grave being dug <laughs> in front of our eyes in what way? What do you mean? Say, say. I because don't know. now we're still in. in the grave of talking about grunge. Because I was like, we ain't getting no solutions. Matt is Matt is lost. He is no, he, not lost. He, he can't is, see the forest for the trees. Matt, Matt is, is Jack stuck on the a, island. He just yeah, woke up. Matt is yeah. We gotta exactly. go back. We gotta go back to grunge. <laughs> no, we don't. Matt is in a world this... of of being disgusted by things he should maybe at best be indifferent towards in his life, but. <laughs> no. We're no, going to find disgusted. out what Hold that on. means. But I was disgusted. Is- I was disgusted by the like the time I wasted watching this movie. I think I was dis- disassociating watching this movie. It was like it was. It wasn't because the music was so bad. It was like this is such an unbelievable <laughs> waste of time. This I thing. can't believe <laughs> how much this one bothered you. But I know we'll that's why I'm enjoying. No, because it did. Because. You should you can't be. say it didn't bother yeah, you. Yeah, you just told us literally two seconds ago how you were disgusted, how much time got wasted. Where again, at the very least, at the or at the most, I feel like you should be like indifferent at best to Listen, what you what we watched the Meta- I, I we watched the Metallica one, and I'm like, okay, this is a fun movie. I don't like the music all that much. Like I'm not, not a, like I appreciate it. Um. But like it's just not my cup of tea. But I'm I'm like along for the ride. And this one, like, it just I don't want to sound I don't want to sound super negative. But it had nothing for me. Like it had nothing. Like my wife is sitting next to me. I'm watching it in bed because I couldn't even drag <laughs> like draw, like I couldn't even like bring myself to watching it on this TV screen. I was watching it on my phone, falling asleep <laughs> every five phone. minutes. On your phone with your wife. I mean, definitely the best way to watch it. 
And she is laughing every time a music star- cue starts. Well, I don't know if we should go off your wife's reactions to music. <laughs> most well, I felt so <laughs> close to her at this moment. I felt You were so... like, this is why we got married. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is why we started a family. <laughs> it's your reaction and to then I, you, coffee you just, break. Did I, did I tell you that I played, I played Nirvana for my Yuri? Yes. For my daughter. And she's like, mm, this is more that screaming music. And she's just like done with it. I'm like, you know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so she's not uh, like the twenty-five uh, little girls in my son's school running around with Nirvana shirts at all times, who I'm convinced I've never listened to. It. And I asked them, I said, "You got to name three songs by." Yeah. <laughs> Are there? Is that a thing? Yes, definitely. There's a lot of Nirvana shirts uh, oh, yeah. out and about because they're like sure. the the wearing. Like, I mean, it's, it's like, like wearing, wearing a Led shirt. shirt. Yeah, wearing yeah. Led. It's just like. It's ubiquitous. You can get them just in Target. Um, Lovely. But right, it's so also I like my just... friend Will Hines said, even though he loves the Beatles, he's like, I was about to buy a Beatles shirt. And then I was like, how stupid is that? It's like just wearing a shirt that just says music. Like, he's like, why yeah. bother wearing it? Like, Or it's just like, no, no, no. Can I get an Apple? Not Apple, the recording label. Can I get like an Apple? Like, can I get like an Apple shirt? Can I just get a shirt with the, like the Apple logo? <laughs> sure. Very cool. Yeah. I mean. So we just need to agree we're not gonna we're we're not gonna close the loop on on grunge tonight. Oh, we're definitely not. And closing this loop. podcast no. is three old punks talking about punk documentaries. Is just gonna be now we just talk about grunge. Yeah, is what's gonna. I happen. hope not. I really <laughs> hope not. I was thinking about it before we started recording. I'm like, like I you you guys are right. Like I don't need. Like I don't want. I feel like I'm being goaded into being <laughs> being super negative about this. But like it the doesn't. Thing is, we don't even have to coach you. It that doesn't hard. deserve. It That's doesn't why it's so intriguing to it's me so and Pete. Is because the ire is so strong, and me and Pete don't really even go to it. I mean, and so because it gets so wrapped up and strong, that's where I'm like, "Hey, Matt, what's going on? What's like, going on with li- what's going can... on with little Matt in there?" <laughs> Jeff, Jeff and I can go back to Ground Zero, where it all began. Sound of What's Fury that? Fest happened. Oh. Yep. And it pushed 100%. you over the fucking edge. Something that happened, happened and you were yes, yes. like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> like, we should talk, we should talk to no Mayori or something. Of what hardcore I mean, was, what music meant to him anymore, what was no, metal, no, no, what no, wasn't so hardcore, mis- what grunge was. It. I have a very clear sense of what music and hardcore and all those things mean to me. Sure. I was completely flummoxed as to what people saw in other bands and that extends from the present to certain like rock and rolly bands at sound and fury all the way back to your split a lot lips. of these grunge bands oh. no i again i i'm very i'm i'm very like you you can't take split lip away from me yeah um, but well, anyway, let's, but let's just to about... even with say that quickly, since we're on it, oh wait, yeah, we're not I, even. We haven't even talked about the fucking movie. Well, yet. No. we already agreed. Also, that's probably the last on the list. Yeah, we're gonna we got two minutes on it. We got to start there. No one brought up grunge from Sound and Fury except you. You, you made the I, connection, and then it went just spiraled out of control. I because I also the realization it. that even with you bringing up grunge in relation to Sound and Fury bands, you were talking about maybe like three bands. Maybe four tops out of like twenty to thirty bands. That's fair. And then sometimes, and then slowly, it just became I don't know. I just don't get any of these bands. I don't. I well, there's, there's, those are two different things. We don't need to talk about Sound and Fury because we haven't <laughs> even laid out the groundwork for like the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like if we're sure. gonna lay that out, we don't have to. But I bet you we will come back to it. 
Uh, yeah, it, three episodes from now. Uh, mm, we're going to wrap it up in this one. All right, so hype. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get into hype. Uh, hype came out in 1996, yep. uh, premiered at Sundance in Five January. Yep, way after <laughs> the fact. Well, they, had, they were making it. It just took a long time. Yeah, they no, they probably should have rushed because it was such a short-lived thing in the world. Yeah. But then, you know, there was post-grunge, and so maybe they thought they'd ride the wave. Anyways, it, was, it came out to the world in November of 1996. It was um, directed by Doug Prey, who has done – he did a documentary called uh, – what was it called? Sc- called Scratch. Um, mm-hmm. Came out in 2001. I've seen, I seen that about DJ culture and turntablism, as they, as they call it. Uh, he also did something on – HBO called Defiant Ones, which was yeah, about was Dr. Dre with, and yeah, that's Jimmy, like the biggest uh, one I think. How do you Iovine. say that? Um, he's done some other documentaries about surfing and things like that. Um, and this film, I hadn't seen I this before, but my, I, I thought it was gonna be a deep dive about the grunge we were talking about, and it wasn't what I thought it was about. No. Do you want to fill that in a little bit? Like, what did you think? Well, I thought it was going to be following uh, the 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 uh, the big bands. I thought it was going to be Nirvana, the Big Four, the Big Four, Soundgarden, or Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains. Who's the fifth? The, big, the fifth one, Stone Temple Pilots, which always seems oh. weird that anyone would include them as. Yeah, the I don't big think four. I would include them. No. Uh, but instead, I mean, you've got. Kim Thale from Soundgarden. You've got Eddie Vedder. It's from essentially Pearl Jam. more of a documentation of the Seattle rock scene of the early nineties that led into the quote unquote grunge explosion. Is mostly what we're what we're dealing with here. Yeah. And because it's like ninety six, it's like the dealing of that with the also the aftermath of it already. You know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. they, they, a lot of the conversations are talking to people who lived in the scene, talking about how things are changing already. Uh, you know the hype. Yeah, it, it does all, say like will. surviving the the basically like the explosion in the Northwest music yes. scene. Yeah. So, uh, Jeff, sounds like you had seen it. I must have watched it. I don't. I don't really completely remember, but there were certain scenes that kind of popped out uh, that I was like, "Oh, clearly I saw this at some point." I bet you I watched it thinking there was going to be a bunch of Melvin's footage, mm-hmm. and then realized that I was going to be sorely lacking. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> I would get a lot of long songs of bands I was always, you know, indifferent towards, or just didn't know really. Um, just indifferent. At best. Okay. And Matt, had you seen this, or was this a premiere for you? That's I, interesting, I, right? Yeah, that is interesting. It's interesting I, that you're I, just being different. I mean, I didn't feel indifferent, but. Um, I think I had, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know if I watched a movie. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like some of the scenes Wait, were this from... time around you didn't watch a movie? I'm not sure I, what I saw was a movie. <laughs> um, wow. I, I, some things from it seem vaguely familiar. I must have seen some clips or something, but I, I don't think I don't believe I watched it. For, I've ever seen it front to back before. Now, I do th- just to say, I th- th- one of the things I was thinking about 
because this might be the one that most, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this, the one that most falls into this category for you, Matt. Uh-huh. It's like one of the reasons we did this podcast is that we were like, well, we're going to watch every of these stupid documentaries anyways. Uh, yeah. And this is one that is pushing you most to the limit of can you see the forest for the trees sort of thing. What do you like, mean? Can you see whether it is a good, a bad, a fine documentary because of your distaste for the mm. subject matter because uh, uh, I'm I, I was no I, I mean I don't know I think it's just a I think it's I mean like again like you're I don't think it's good like I think it's I don't think it has a thesis I don't think it has I don't think it has I don't think it puts forward uh, a definition of I don't think it puts forward a definition of grunge which is a joke we're talking about here yes. like it doesn't define what the thing is I don't think it's a it, joke but it, <laughs> No, we've been joking around about it, but like it doesn't, it doesn't have an idea. It doesn't have a like. It, it, That's where Pete gets, but, starts to get defensive on his but, end. I got yeah, it about like, the Green River song, and now Pete <laughs> does it because he's the number one grudge fan to this. In this, DTV he is group. definitely the number but, one. Yeah, I, fan I, the I actually, I meant to to dress up for this episode and wear my flannel, but. It's too late. I don't. I can't. Just don't have the follow through. But is it? Just, is I it can't not... hear you. Could you get your re-raw vocals working a little bit better? Re-raw. Now, does this? Can you? Now, does this documentary not follow through on a definition of grunge? Because is it failing at that? Because we all came in thinking it was going to be talking about that when in fact maybe that isn't the thesis of it, and so that's why it missed the mark on what, that. What? No, it's, I'm not saying I'm not saying it had to. I just don't know what it's doing. Well, like, I mean, so that's a broad. Like, I mean, I think you might be I, right. It, it's not on the hook for a definition of yeah. Grunge, I think I understand what it's something. doing. Uh, tell in, enlighten me. I think what it. I so think negative it's, on this. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not saying like it was the best documentary, but I was <laughs> not sort of like wallowing about it. Um, no, being a big old baby about this one. Uh, it it had no point and it had shitty music. It's I will say like, okay. What I am will I say, watching. Yeah, sure. I will the say shitty I music. I, that's the, what I was saying. Is does the shitty music matter in what we're talking about? In what do the you mean? in the can it does the shitty music usurp you being being able to see the theses that Pete is maybe going to try to prove to you. <laughs> well, if it, it can, but I also think it could be a both end. Yeah, I mean, this positive. certainly doesn't help if you go in and say, all right, this movie's going to be about grunge and explain grunge to me. It's not going to help because, I mean, I started the week, or maybe last week, <laughs> I started listening to the soundtrack before I watched it, and I was like, what is this? The bands on it did not sell grunge and some of them I'm like this is not what i think is grunge but also made me think what does matt think is grunge but what i think the movie is doing is it's more about what the scene was and then the explosion of the sound that came out and then all these record labels wanting to sort of sweep swoop in and take that sound and how it became sort of monetize in this huge thing around the country, but how that in Seattle was still sort of like a joke. I think that's what it was trying to share. 
could I tell you I'm going off of that too. This uh-huh. is what I th- – because I'm going in the category of I think it's not a great documentary either. Like I think it's like a totally like fine one at best. Sure. Uh, yeah. Like it's, a, it's not – but I, it, I, I also was like we've certainly watched worse. Um, Care to uh, tell? Care to share? Christ core. What? Why is it no, always I, I, so I, I totally far down disagree. for you? Because I, totally I don't think disagree. it worked very well as a documentary. But it was it didn't live up the to the promise, and it. Di- no, I'm not talking about individual scenes. There were good scenes. But I'm saying I still think Christ's core as a whole, as like a movie, didn't really work in the terms of going off of what uh, it was kind of selling originally, and what its kind of main theses of as a movie. Yeah. Um, uh, and yes, there are fun scenes at the leg. They're all ridiculous scenes, but it doesn't really even fulfill as we talked about in Christ core. And I'm really just talking more about Christ core right now to get more people to listen to there our Christ core episode because you just haven't listened people. Yeah, but if the main thesis of that is I'm a, uh, uh, an atheist and I'm going to go on tour with uh, a Christ driven band and I'm going to learn about this. Didn't we discuss also that the, like he didn't really learn anything, so it just <laughs> no. became not much of a movie. That's why I say always say Christ yeah. Core because ultimately it just wasn't good as a film. Uh, uh, in the case of this, I don't necessarily think it was successful, a hundred percent, and I might even be wrong. And if, if maybe this is what partly their intention was with this movie, and even with calling it hype. But it to me it connects to the kind of recurring like fun we've been having with you okay. uh, of just the definition of grunge. But uh, I think it possibly was also laying out in that or trying to lay out that like here is the kind of basics of the Seattle scene, and that quite possibly uh, more so than any kind of subgenre. And I could be wrong on saying this. And I'm saying this also as someone who loves finding very, very niche subgenres, like saying mm-hmm. this is suicidal one man black metal, like getting yeah. more and more uh, uh, broken down that maybe out of all of like a lot. Uh, it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest kind of turd made. <laughs> no, made up. Made up genres. Yes, 100%. That it, but yes. that it doesn't yes. exist. <laughs> that out of almost any genre form that has ever existed, that you can kind of give, like, even alternative rock is more of a valid, like, we're just kind of, like, using this as, like, a radio term. These are points of contact. Uh, well, These why do you think grunge is a made-up term? I mean, every term is a made-up term. Because no, they, because the theses of, because, yeah, it's not organic, and that the theses that is pushed in this movie is that Sub Pop was basically just like, this is a way to market this thing. Like, we're just going to call it grunge. Like, it's it's not like, oh, it slowly became hardcore yes. that popped up around here. It's legitimately, it's an outgrowth of that, uh, report, or the person who worked for Sub Pop saying they made up terms about grunge definitions. Like, it's, it is... Uh, as a sound, that's why we kept wanting Matt to give us a defi- his definition of grunge. Because Which is not even, a sound. Because e- yes, because even the definition of what grunge is is one of the uh, biggest, if not the biggest, just kind of created by a record label. Originally just Sub Pop as just a way because they're just like, fuck it. Everyone was done. Like, no one wanted to sell out. We didn't give a fuck about that. And we liked gaming the system. 
Like they, they clearly like enjoyed the cheekiness of that and that it was the right exact time for uh, 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 media to kind of see like this is something we can glom onto and then create. So it's like punk does exist. Hardcore does exist. One man suicidal black one metal. One man suicidal exist. black metal does exist. Porno grind exists as mm-hmm. sad as it fucking is. In a lot Still of ways, Scrams exist. Scrams, sadly, <laughs> fuck it. Does. But that's the thing, like, like Jeff, but the scream, Screamo, even Jeff Screamo, is, Jeff Screamo putting, slash Scrams Jeff's exists. putting his crown on right now. As yeah, yeah, Godfather Scrams, Scrams is saying goes. it. Wow. Uh, again, because it's like, it's like a cycle of just like, uh, you know, it's like a, a lot of people in like subgenres will always do the like, it might as well be a trope of documentaries. Like there will, if there is a documentary on Screamo slash that really made up term scrams, but there will be a bunch of us all saying, that's not even the term we used at the time. All right. So does that also as someone who's in that, it's a fine term. It works well enough. Like grunge truly is it's, it was at the very least Screamo, and kind of in a grunge way, but was, like, created as a joke by Chris Bickle. Like, and then right. kind of pushed forwards. Uh, but there but, were specific bands that he was talking about. Yeah. So then within grunge, there's Which, there's got to be... But if the people who created the term are specifically only doing it to sell records and not even in a negative way. That's the crazy part is. But the thing with grunge that makes it also confusing is, like, Sub Pop was doing it in a negative way that might be negative to us, but wasn't negative to them. They didn't give yes. a fuck. They did, no, they, they, they were not. They were doing it just because. Fuck it. Who gives a fuck? It's gonna work. Like and it yeah. did. Yeah. Work. Well, they were like they were like punking the system, right? They were punking uh, the system, but, but because no, of they were that, not punking the system. Why not? They were punking themselves. No. But like well, well, let's, let's, let's I don't go, know if it did punk themselves they, because yeah. it worked out yeah, quite it worked, well for them. It worked well. But for it them. depends what you're going for. If you're going for like if you're going for I like, think what I, they were going for what they were going it's for is what they, they were it. going for they right. got. So it. then they were punking so, the that's system. not punking so, the system. That's not especially punking in the their definition. Yeah, that's not there's nothing punk in that what they did. They Oh, not punk. Just the punking. If we're taking punk out of the punking as a term and now it's just like the ubiquitous like you know, what's gaming? Thing. Much like, like grunge, uh, where it's like, what does that even mean? Punking the system, like the show mean? punk. Uh, what, yeah, so yeah, yeah, guy? yeah, yeah, uh, like that. This, like they I, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, exactly. Do you so, guys remember? So, wait, wait, wait. I got a question. So, if there's, I've been, I've got this question. So, if there's, there's bands within grunge who, who knew grunge? Dude, listen, just listen. But it is complicated because the weird part is there is grunge. That's the yes, there's grunge. This is this is. This is our most ontological episode. <laughs> yes, <is> exactly. Like, <laughs> like, hey, look, if we've been doing it for a month and a half on text, we've got to do it for Matt, at least I don't understand why here. you don't agree that there's grunge because you're. we learned last episode that you're deeply into QAnon and, like, Illuminati shit. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, grunge yeah, yeah. is there. It just exists. It's all around us. Um, Where we grunge all, we I'm, all I'm not, grunge I'm one. I'm not a fundamental. <laughs> I'm totally okay with created, like, like, like. Go ahead, Pete. Ask okay. your question. So. If we're saying that grunge was a made-up thing, there's yes. bands that were in the know, right? Who knew, well, like, what, okay, what this is in the, know in the know of, like, this is a silly thing, right? I don't think – that's where the irony comes in, but I'll take your premise for the time being. <laughs> I don't believe any of these people were completely – I don't think there was – I don't think there like was Like someone who, along for the ride. In that 15-minute right? hype follow-up, the guy from 
the guitar is some mud honey. It was just like, yeah, I don't know. I leaned into it because fuck it. I didn't give a fuck. I think there was a lot of del- I think there and was like, a lot of self delusion in the way that we're all self delusional at different points of our lives. But like I don't believe anyone was clearly like I'm a gimmick. This, I'm doing this as a gimmick. Maybe the sub pop guys, maybe the mud honey guys, but like Kurt Cobain, no way. Thurston Moore, no way. Not as a gimmick. I think the bands that they were talking about that were like those poodle bands that came in. <laughs> yeah, like we're doing it to some extent. Like in I'm a not weird, not it. to get on a sidetrack. Like right before we started, I like remembered. There was this band, Life, Sex, and Death, that would be on mm-hmm. Headbangers Ball sometimes, but they were like hair metal slash ugly kid Joe style band, oh. but they had a singer who named himself Stanley, and he supposedly was like a schizophrenic homeless guy, like because that was their gimmick, but it was kind of like grungy music, but ultimately it was just a <laughs> glam metal band that had been like, fuck, it's 92. We need to try to do something different. Like, yep. let's game the system. Uh, there's a, there's an argument to, I mean, there's an argument to be made for post grunges, like the, you know, trying to, you know, game the system in the wrong way, but go on Pete. I don't even know what I'm going to say. I, I guess my, (laughs) I guess what I'm trying, what I'm wondering is, so if there's bands that, uh, I don't know, fell into grunge were like Nirvana wasn't grunge to start, you know, like they were a band. Mm. (laughs) like. But that's the, I, even that that's the hard part because as Matt is reacting like that to fuck with you, he is no, admitting no, to a concept of grunge existing, yeah. but also saying grunge doesn't exist. So it gets caught in this weird. I, can't, I just can't look at Matt. No, I got to so, cover Matt's face. No, yeah, so what I I'm know. trying to say, Matt, don't look at me. Is <laughs> there's bands that were like, I'm gonna say legitimate bands. There was bands that were bands, and yes. they just came into grunge because this wave happened, right? Like Nirvana wasn't a band. They were a band pre grunge, right? Before this yeah. all sort of started, you no. got, the, the, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, like dead moon, Melvin's. They, oh, I see what you're saying. So they yes, were bands okay. and then like grunge happened and it encapsulated them. It, there was a wave took them over and like, Oh, these are, we're going to glom these bands together and they're grunge. So what does that make the bands that were like, wait, we want to be grunge. Like Post grunge. Post They're post So, but like, but the, the Stone Temple Pilots, your Nickelbacks, your Silverjet, like anyone who was like, we want to play the music that the quote unquote grunge bands were playing, but with a kind of eye towards a record label. But I guess I'm not even saying well, like, no, what is that? I don't even care about LA the genre. Style. I guess I'm just wondering like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, what is that? What like deeper? What does that even mean about those bands? Like if, if, if those bands that I talked about were just like fell into that and these guys wanted to be that, but you're saying that grunge isn't a thing, then where <laughs> that is where I like, like Nirvana, right? Like you said, they weren't a grunge band. Um, they fell into it, but they didn't fall into it. They are the model band. Sure. Right, right, right. So, so really like, that's why I, I was like, like, I was fucking around with you guys where you're like, is this band grunge? Is this band grunge? It's it's not like there's a scene. That's what I mean by there's no grunge. That's what Jeff just kind of said too. It's like what are the characteristics of a grunge band, and then you can look at it. And I I'm not like well, so tell us so that because no one else is clear. I mean we're not yeah. even clear, but so that everyone who's now listening and having to like grieve with us about the conversation, yeah, conversation. we've been having. 
Can you explain? Can you just put out what your? I think Matt's mine. saying it's a little okay. bit like pornography. It's like you'll know it when no. you see it. Oh, that's interesting. Now that is that's interesting. Because so, at some point you were like, again, well, pavement maybe they're grunge. No, I think they're definitely grunge. Okay, so um, so I want to know. You gotta go. You gotta you gotta go there and share. So I. So there's, there's and then maybe like, we'll get into this, this documentary at some point because so, also people would definitely be like pavement art grunge they're indie rock, of course, yeah, um, or college they, rock but, or whatever but delineation. They kept, but when you start putting the, the the cut your hair videos and all these like lame videos on MTV, I think you've crossed the threshold a little bit. And I think that was already in them to begin with. But again, I don't. It's hard to make claims about bands you don't you you willfully don't know that much about. You know That's what I mean? why like, I went on me. the deep dive so I can know why I don't like pavement. Um, the I know it when I see it. It's like porno. Book of Pavement's like porno. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. Oh, um, all right. The, no, so there's like forty I mean, minutes in, and we haven't even touched the documentary. <laughs> there's Amazing. not much to touch, dude. Like, yeah, there really is. Um, there, there is a. I found this great article from 2013 by a guy on the AV Club by a guy named Jason Heller. Um, I haven't found out much else about him. He wrote a novel, but in his profile picture on the internet, he's wearing a Rights of Spring T-shirt. I see um, so he's got that for him. It's called Did Grunge Really Matter? It came out on, like I think, the anniversary release uh, of In Utero. And he, when he talks about grunge, he talks about, like, yeah, it has, like, a dissonant guitar sound. Um, and it's got, like, you know, kind of, like, I don't know if he talks about, like, the kind of, like, that weird, like, whatever you call that vocal delivery style. The re-ra yeah. vocals. re That's yeah. what me and Jay always would call them, re like seven because they'd be like, three. Ra, ra, ra. <laughs> I think Jay might have been the first to coin it, but that's definitely what we would call it. And but he just says it's like it draws from classic rock and punk, you know, and like mm-hmm. okay, so it's music that draws from these two things. But what he does, I, I mean, anyone can say that, but I think what this guy, this uh, what's his name, Heller says, um, is that he basically says that like people who came from a punk background had a kind of idealism, like a DIY kind of like put it, put it, you know, like, and you could you produce it, not produce it yourself, but make it yourself, tour yourself. There's a whole, there's whole, a whole aesthetic identified with punk music. And there's also an aesthetic identified with classic rock. And the, 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 the grunge bands were bands that sat uneasily between the two of those things. Right. And so like they vacillated between like the kind of commercial cynicism of classic rock of just like hey, make rock music that the kids are gonna love and they can fucking drink to, and then the idealism of, uh, of, of, of 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 like a music coming out of what Pete likes to call punk rock community. I think that's a pretty. I think that's a. Pr- I think those are pretty fair wow. things to think. Like are just they're both in the mix, right? And I said last time we talked that I think irony is central, and I think irony is central because um, it's not just that a lot of these bands take musical elements from classic rock or punk. But they want to advance as if they can combine both of those two things. And I think fundamentally those two kind of ways of approaching the arts, like the cynical and the idealistic, like they don't jive very well and they don't jive very well for any of these bands. I think the guy Jason Heller's argument is that like the only grunge mat- record that ultimately matters is in utero because he kind of sus- is able – because Co- Cobain and stuff – is able to sustain this like – opposition between the cynicism and the idealism in that record like you you feel that you feel these like pulls i don't know if you can really feel cynicism or idealism in music but you can definitely feel like the pull of classic rock and punk and stuff like that and i think in utero does like a good job at sustaining that 
Um, I do think that you can in other ways hear like conflicts in like what are these bands going for? So the guy Heller doesn't talk about it, but I read an interview with Kurt Cobain talking about what he wanted to do with Nevermind. And he said he wanted to record the Knack or the Bay City Rollers getting molested by Black Flag and Black Sabbath. And I thought, what a fucking weird way to put it. You know what I mean? Like, like to get molested. So, like, what are you saying? Like, you love the innocence of this music, of this, like, the Bay City Rollers or the or the Knack. And you love the just sweet kind of, just kind of, like, full-throated poppiness of it. But somehow you can't just accept the love of that music. You've got to, like, ironize it or kind of, like, violate it, you know, by, like, this other kind of sonic kind of element. And I think there's, like, this, like, he, they, the grunge is that. It's like you can't just love the thing that you're doing. Like I would much more respect like a classic rock inspired band that just went for it, or a punk band that just went for it. But it keeps going. It, Foo Fighters. These bands. What's that? Yeah, the Foo, Foo Fighters, Fighters, right? Like I don't like their music, but like they don't bother me. That bothers me. You know? Yeah. They're the Bob Seger of uh, of indie rock. And it's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like for 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 knowing that's what it is. Um, and I think so. I think that what I think of as grunge bands are the bands that just sit on the fence, you know, between like they want to be like a rock band, like a classic rock, which is just rock band, or they want to be a punk band. And they try to bring in elements of either, but they're never comfortable with where it is. So they keep this like kind of like they keep self ironizing themselves, you know, and like, and it's not, it's not like, oh, I'm being comedic. You might be describing the entire career of Panthers again. Jesus Christ. I don't think I am, Jeff. I really, I don't think I am. Because I think you guys. I don't know. I'm remembering most of those days in the practice space, and I but think that's, that's you guys uh, in the you're practice describing space. a good no, part of us trying to write music. There's a difference between what goes on in like a practice space, what goes on like in anyone's creative process when you're struggling, like what you're trying to do and how you want to do it, and especially I can only imagine when you're working. Like I've only written. I don't write with, and I don't write with other people. I don't record music with other people. Definitely. So that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the finished product. Right, like I never felt listening to the records or seeing you guys that you were you were self-effacing, like you were always going for what you were going for. You your music had elements of punk and elements of rock in it, but you did never like you neither musically nor like Jay like his you know kind of his performance was like oh no we don't take ourselves seriously we're jokes. Definitely not. I mean, but also, that's what I'm like, talking about. Yes, but uh, or like overly. Yeah, go ahead. I guess uh, I don't know. It's partly like as someone who likes to read about music. I don't know. There's because I, I think like and I'm and again, it's like it ends up becoming this like staunch defending of grunge, be, which is also like if we're treating it as a musical genre is generally something I just don't care about anyways. Like right. it wasn't, it was, uh, uh, I, I bit in my thinking about it a lot this week in the past couple of weeks. Cause I've also just been thinking about it in terms of, uh, it, it, this all intersects of me thinking about it just in doing art anyways. And just the whole concept of like, how do you do art as you get older with being, you know, uh, coming from a punk background and, uh, mm. uh, and and so whatever it's kind of been working inset so it's like still trying to work through it but like for for me and for people who really like loved grunge from the same era as us uh, who like grew up at the same time it's like some people it just when they're on the highway 
it was it wasn't uh, just like something that you use to get off the off ramp to something else like uh grunge uh, wasn't yeah like it was just and for whatever reason like and you know and i have plenty of friends who like kind of just like kept going and it's not that i didn't like you know i still like nirvana's bleach a lot and like i still like various bits here or there but for, for sure. uh, almost all of us pete maybe the least uh uh you know it was <laughs> nice. like a way to get on the music highway but for like uh, and i know for me it was a very quick off ramp because at the same yes, time agreed it just happened that way. Like, and, it, and it's not necessarily even good or bad. And it's not even necessarily into punk for me. It's the concept of, like, pretty quickly after, like, all right, I didn't like Nevermind at first. Then I liked it. And then I discovered also Skinny Puppy at the same exact time. Yes. So it's just like, and then that very quickly into, oh, I have the Fugazi record at the same time. And then the Quicksand record. And now I'm just into hardcore and punk. And now I've realized the entire world. Um uh, but I don't know. I think with grunge, grunge is interesting to me because I think especially music writers of our age also have, if they like, are, and I'm not saying this about that writer you're saying, but have a bit of a chip on their shoulder about grunge, like, because they're like, and I kept being punk and now I'm writing about it. And and, mm, it, and, it, and it ends up being a very kind of music criticy way of analyzing music. And I, again, as someone who loves reading, all I do is like reading books about music and scenes where I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Also, why, why I'm bringing up Panthers, not because I think you're saying it like in the same way, but it's like, I think I was just like, you know, in Panthers, I was like the same age as a lot of those bands as well. Like, so yeah. if they were into punk, they were at that age where they were starting to also realize, wait a second, I think I also like classic rock. How do I work the two in different ways? Some of them weren't as much like you're if we're going on the grandfather or the godfathers of grunge, your Alice in Chains were basically just like a hair metal band, like like a metal band. But yeah. with uh, drop D, uh, uh, you know, I think yeah. uh Say Pearl Jam was a classic rock band wrestling rock with band. Uh, Eddie Vedder wanted ethics. Yes, uh, Soundgarden. You know, and I do, and and you so know that description. Uh, I just want to name bands and then you tell me where they're coming from. I mean, Soundgarden. Uh, Soundgarden have like some the, like Black Sabbath. You well, know, yeah, like, Soundgarden's the doomiest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but with just happen to have like the good singer quote unquote a guy who's too good a singer yeah, yeah. a singer, singer i never for... liked actually the reason yeah. i don't like soundgarden is just i could never get into cornell's vocals Same. and then slowly slowly it goes with the off-ramp part of it where it's like yeah i could keep listening to soundgarden or there's all these doom bands right yeah that actually are doing the riffs full-on unless you don't vocals, like those vocals yeah, of sure, the exactly. Bands, you know, right, right. Yeah, that's what's uh, going to be the make or break. But in the and like honestly, in there, I'd rather listen to Soundgarden than Saint Vitus most of the time because I'd be yeah. like, at least Kim Thiel had some interesting riffs on the first yeah. record, and I'm always still standing behind. Like people were psyched about Saint Vitus because it was different and slow, but they don't have any killer riffs that like Wait, you can. Jeff, look before on you it, go, yes, we talk go about Kim Thiel, and I want to just pause on the thing you said about the record. Um, the like the the music writer, right? Because I was trying to think before we started tonight about like what is like what is something I can say very generous about <laughs> this. No, I mean I mean it like something yeah. f- sincere. And I think 
Nirvana was like I think like for me uh, for me like for you a very quick intense interest um and it it's it, amazing it, it, how quick it was like in the grand scheme really of fast. music like it was like Nirvana came out I didn't like it I got it cuz my brother had it it was still kind of fine I liked Bleach enough and then by the time In Utero was out I was already starting to listen to like yeah. Punk, I was so I was like, by it, yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, I think I'm done with this. But 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 the, I thought I was thinking about like why and and so it's like it wasn't just the music. And again, Nirvana's success owes I probably 75 percent to the music. I mean, there's 25 percent of other cultural shit. At least 25 percent of why they yeah. blew up in the way they did. No band can blow up that way if there's not other cultural influences. Like you know, it's it's just it was. And there's no the getting air. around him killing himself has continued it. Like yes. because there's no way that he could fail, that he could but, only become this concept. Yes, or uh, you know, kind of morph as a concept. But uh, be- between what he said about his music, like what actually existed about their relationship to independent music, and you know, like the punk on un- like a, a, a punk underground, and then the way it was framed by the media. My interest again. My interest was was intense and and quick, but it, it, so much of what it peaked from the curiosity and the interest it peaked in, uh, peaked for me was the relationship between a music and uh, and culture. You know, not just the sounds, but like the rest of the world. You know, and I think I think again, I think that is not just for me, but for so many people, they invited um, the kind of like. All of his irony and, like, you know, kind of like ironic distancing and detachment wasn't just what, what was was him making a statement about the world. Like, we exist in this world, this, you know, mainstream, like, media and kind of like music industry, but we are rejecting it, which led me as a young, you know, music artist, a music fan, and, and someone interested in the arts, like, to say, well, what is it about those things that they don't like? You know, like there's no around, there's no way of getting around an interest in that music and um, to just say, oh, it's just the sounds. It's just the music because so much of it was this angst and irony that they were bringing to mainstream culture. And it always begged the question of what are you so upset with in responding? You know, I don't mean that in an old man way. I just yeah, mean like, but I will say, invite, though, you, you have to like. Just to add to that, that. just to add to that, going off of the hype documentary that they were giving you might have mostly been just sub pop. What is what do you mean? The the idea of this, like the the concept of this, like detached irony, this like, yes, like Kurt Cobain, like had in like the way he was kind of dealing with them getting bigger. But like, I just think when you were saying that they were giving like I'm like oh but if we're thinking about the the if people are considering the four the four horsemen <laughs> of right. grunge are Soundgarden super sincere like Alice yes. in Chains very sincere Pearl Jam oh my god it's Eddie Vedder can you get less sincere like uh, uh Nirvana detached irony but sincere kind of but different but ultimately sub pop selling loser shirts so maybe my four horsemen, if you're going to add, because you, you guys asked me offline, who are my four horsemen, who are my four <laughs> horsemen of the yeah. grunge apocalypse? <laughs> yes. um, it would be Kurt Cobain, uh-huh. uh, uh, Thurston Moore, Stephen Malkus, Malkmus, and the Sub Pop Founders. That's fine. That works. But, okay, right? we'll let it go. 
Hey, they, yeah. they can get Scott Ryland on there sometimes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, so anyway, Pete, that but, was a long way no, of no, getting I, back to your question. I appreciate I, I that. I it. But isn't that, you know, when you were just saying, uh, you know, what what are they so upset about? And what I don't they... mean that there's a question of, like, why are you bothered? I know. I think they have a right to be upset. I think they should be upset. Um, Wait, I what think is that sign I... Matt has on his get off my lawn? Jesus. <laughs> no. But no, isn't I... that, like, a lot of what <laughs> punk is rooted in? Yes. But, like, think about the difference between Fugazi and Nirvana. Like, that's the perfect – like kind of comparison, but also that I'll just say right away, I kind of want to die that out just because, like, at this point in our punk careers, we can yeah. also just like Fugazi just is only exists in its own world and not in a reverent way, but in as I have said, whoever could live up to Fugazi's like fucking standards, like only Fugazi, and I'm still convinced half of the band wasn't really on board with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Steve yeah, Albini's screed the... against major labels doesn't really even hold water if you, like, look at it for longer than two seconds. If you go case that... by case. Because he gets into this whole period. Like, he, it's basically, uh, to me, whenever I read it, and it's going off of my personal experience, it's yeah. banking off of the concept that, oh, you'll have a better time with indie labels. And almost every indie label I dealt with treated me shittier than the supposedly major label except for ebullition and right. do what you will with that like you know knowledge yeah. um right, not necessarily shittier but just like just could couldn't run a business so like you're not so you're getting screwed anyways so yeah. who gives a fuck if you're not going to sell records anyways if a major's going to give you some money fuck it write it so, out like unless so, you're planning on being like a career musician like in that specific way I, I, it's been a long time since I read that article. I, I have read it multiple times, but I can only imagine that he's talking about an independent music environment where it's like Dutch East India, SST, Drag. He's specifically City. reacting to that, but even that, like, you know what I mean? That's just like it's like when there's only like eight big alternative labels. Like I think he's talking about that, which isn't the world that you were. That wasn't the world that existed in two thousand and two and five or whatever. Well, the, and know. also like it's unclear if I'm remembering like. Un- incorrectly but like is he like pro or against sst because if you read corporate rock stucks like book right. you're like wait a second sst was not a great label <laughs> like yeah for right. the bands everyone got screwed on that <laughs> like right uh, no, I, yeah I get, I get that i but I, maybe it's in fugazi doesn't need to be the example i do think they're a fair example but i just was using them to the, make the point that if pete i think maybe in, interpreted what i was saying is like they were bitching about stuff when i meant to say is no they were so, like, they took issue um, with things. Uh, like, they, they, they were disgruntled, right? It's like, this, like the most basic way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I don't think they had complete clarity on um, what they were disgruntled about okay. or how to go about dealing with those things. Sure. And maybe I a mean, shorter I... way of saying it is, like, they thought, like, think about that at the end of this movie when um, Eddie Vedder, who, again, is not on my mount Grungemore, um, <laughs> says – Listen, we got all this like we have all this like popularity. If we don't do something to change the world with our music, like what good is it? It's like, bro, like when has music ever changed the fucking world? You know, like 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 it's like you are I, you identify social issues as things that bother you and maybe even personal issues. And then all of a sudden you think you're going to resolve these things that are either bothering you in your personal or your political life through your music. Like good luck. You know what I mean? And it's just like um, 
it, it, it's it's juvenile. It's it's like they're stuck in uh, what's the phase of uh, like it's in negotiation phase. You know what I mean? They're well, like, that's why I also co- say I think literally the most essential part of this documentary. Uh, but I do legitimately think it was actually the best part of the documentary was the two young kids uh, talking about like these fucking I like sellout. Bands until like, yeah, them. Band, I yeah. liked them on their first <laughs> record, and then I leave. Yeah. And then it cuts like directly to Eddie Vedder basically saying a variation of like he gets it. Uh, and I don't, you know, again, it, a maybe a plus or a minus for this documentary. Maybe it shows, uh, 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 I don't know, maybe it, 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 it's showing some, uh, the kind of cracks in the seam of Vedder there. I guess like I, I, Yes, it is a it is a little bit of a, uh, a state of arrested development kind of statement from Vetter, like it, it is it this kind of. But it is this weird, <laughs> like it's weird to say. Well, the thing, well, but yes, I mean, I do have always like as a guy, I'm like he frustrates the hell out of me. Look, I appreciate his sincerity. He's just a he's a mambo. Like he doesn't. But know what he's, there's he's a reason. About. There's a reason that he was uh, doing the Into the Wild soundtrack. He's the reason that he 100%. was you know can kind of pair up with your like Sean Penns. It's yes. the it's the it's the empathy. I think it's the empathy that I actually do give to the grunge bands with like the littlest bit of my tiny career. Where it's like a lot of those, ba- if we're talking like the big bands, like went from, including like Pearl Jam, like were young and idealistic and playing to no one, to here is like literally more money than has been seen in a very long time, not just for them. And in everyone is like, almost everyone's in a very poor area up north, uh, but... Uh, one of the bigger influxes of money in a record, like, like since the introduction of like full albums, so the transition in the seventies from singles to full albums, where like bands yeah. like fucking, you know, as my dad would always say, that like you could be like Three Dog Night and be making a great living at at one point, like which doesn't make right. any sense. But to go from like this like very small level and you're young and just trying to kind of figure shit out to the state of arrested development of way too much money and then dealing with your Sean Penns of the, or your, you know, Sean Penns of the world. Like the, like the, the idea of celebrity that a lot of them also are, were like child. So like, I'm just thinking about this out loud right now, but just like to go into that world where like, Oh, uh, there will be a bunch of people, maybe even that manager, like for Soundguard or whoever who are like, yeah, you should embrace this concept that you can change the world like in yeah. this massive way because we can make money off it, whatever it is like, you know, and it, it, it's it's a variation of like adult arrested development that is like where I feel like an empathy, like in when they're when Vetter is like, I believe him when he's like, no one's ready for it. Like, you're not ready for like you think you're ready for it. And then all of a sudden you get all this and no one really understands how fucked it is. Like when you get all this like kind of fame and money, uh, because it's also very telling that he's getting interviewed with hovercraft. Like I yeah. remember when he was like doing hovercraft. I remember when Rolling Stone was covering hovercraft because yeah. it was like Eddie's trying to get back to his punk 
like kind of mindset uh, because he was like taken out of it too quick. Like, I think that is a weird, uh, whether there was irony or not, that is kind of pushed mostly. It seems like by sub pop, there definitely is like enough, seemingly enough stories of people who are like, Oh fuck, maybe I didn't want it to be this big. Like, but that, that's realizing the unintentional irony of your act. So there's the right. intentional irony of sub pop, but then there's like the unintentional, un- like, and there are ways in which like Cobain is ironic, you know, in his lyrics and shit, and his, you know, um, I mean, in, in in the kind of forced opposition between the pop music he wants to play, and the and the and the and the sort of dirty sounds that he feels obliged to play or something, whatever it is, however he puts it. But then there's the line of like. You know, you talk about Eddie Vedder like having this moment of realization, and then there's but there's other moments too where it's like it's not like they're just it's talked into their ear. I think it's built into the cake from the beginning. Like there's a story Butch Vig tells um, in an interview I read about how Kurt Cobain, um, when never when Nevermind was like you know top twenty album by the time they hit like top twenty albums of all time, he starts bitching about the way the album is mixed. And it's, he says it sounds too much like a pop record, not a punk record. Yeah. And then Butch Vig is like, dude, like, you loved it when we finished it. You right. know, and, like, all you guys were talking about how excited you were. And it's like, I don't think that's like, oh, my God, we don't know what to do with all this money. I think that's like you haven't actually walked through the potential consequences. Not consequences, but the potential. I, I You haven't walked through the potentials of, like, when you do something, you know, and you want to make a pop record. And, 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 like, why do you want to make a pop record, you know? And there's, like, this, like, kind of – it's another way of putting it is, like, Kurt Cobain and a lot of, the, like, these grungers um, were totally sold on the notion grungers. of, like, anti-establishment and the anti-hero, right? This, like, guy who comes in and, like, roughs up the system, right? That's the whole point of saying Bay City Rollers getting molested by Black Flag. You have this you have this, you have this kind of – like um, I mean that's also thought. Thurston speak. That's just him hanging it, it out with Thurston. It is exactly too long. Thurston speak. Yeah. But it, it, it's this mindset of like, no, we're going to go in and we're going to like change it and we're going to corrupt it and we're going to like do something wild and gnarly to it. Sounds like and a twenty-four-year-old. Like, it sounds like someone who believes that. Who like, also Rocky had Cole, enough issues that was going to end up killing himself. Exactly. Yeah. But this is <laughs> but this is what the music is, right? Like this is like. This is what the music is. It's not like, oh, this clear-sighted vision. In Utero is interesting because it is, like, grappling with two things that cannot be reconciled. And I think, like, you know, and you're like, not many of the people can make it that interesting. Because not many of the the other people who were in, like, these other grungers were as deeply committed to both and did not understand. Like, so when I talk about the irony, like, oh, yeah, there's the sub-pop irony. But then there's the irony of some people, of people who wanting two opposing things and not knowing how to place either of them, and ultimately, I think it's a that dead might end. be Kim Thiel. <laughs> who can do what? Who can like? No, is in the opposing. Like I've always kind of felt like it seemed like on the outside, like it's like he's like I just want to fucking play riffs, man. Yeah, I. And I it's had just s- like, he and he's just like this like sincere dude. Exactly. But it's also like, uh, but I'm also not going to turn down the fame we're getting. Like, this shit's working. Like, yeah, because also, funny. like, it, it, that's the weird part about Chris Cordell is, like, when he's got the voice that I'm like, I don't like his voice and you can't deny it. Like, it's yeah. like, it's clearly made to be, like, a rock, this, a, rock a huge rock 
voice right. that hasn't existed uh, in that style. Um, uh, yeah, they had no interest. Soundgarden did not have any interest. It doesn't seem like in being a small band. They had yeah. no misgivings about their success. I think Soundgarden wanted to be big. Alice yeah. in Chains wanted to be big. Nirvana to be Nirvana big. didn't know. Nirvana did not know what they wanted to do. No. Like Kurt Cobain, you you know, he's in like, utero has an element of like, like I both appreciate and that's like some of you for the moment sound like orchid records. I was like, are we just talking about our old songs? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like this, like it, like you know. And we were, and, and so were they. Not it's record. not bad or good. Like, it's just like yeah, it's, it's very, it's it, you know, it's the it's the dealing with the new reality. Yeah. What um, do you, Jeff? What do you mean about that for in utero? Teenage angst has paid off well. Now I'm bored oh. and old. So the, okay, I didn't know if you. This is like a reaction. Like that's not a song like... about the world. Right. That's specifically about their career. Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure if world. you were if you were talking lyrics specifically, or that they had some songs that were like, you know, clearly not radio friendly. Oh, I mean, they don't. I mean, that's. I realized that that one song, not very ape, but the one after, I was like, yeah, this song's very good. Um uh, the one that's like that just keeps you on test me. Fuck, what is that song? It's like the um, seventh song. Um, maybe like milk or something. Oh, milk it maybe. Maybe that might have been the one that actually made me then for some reason be like, oh, I should re-listen to Flipper because I think mm. they're trying to go for a Flipper. And then I was like, God, I still fucking think Flipper is so fucking boring. Yeah, like I just cannot with it. Like they definitely a had to be their band, I think. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. they were amazing live and at the time in eighty three it was wild, but Can I just say yeah. this too? Yeah. Go milk it's a, P- milk P- it's P- a great I w- song. I was just song. I was gonna ask I was wondering when we were watching this I I've if Jeff when you watched this hmm. were there any parallels? Eventually we'll get I think maybe into this documentary or maybe this is as much we talk about it, but were you seeing any parallels with this and what was happening with there with Seattle and when oh, you yeah, were in New York? Yes, the New York scene, the classic New York scene, Jeff. Talk right, yeah, talk about that because I was Brooklyn I was thinking scene. like well I was <laughs> yeah. thinking about like the what's it uh, meet me in the bathroom I was like I wonder like if Jeff was seeing like yeah, some parallels cool. between these. I mean, I was, and in in the same way that I think I've mentioned when I like interviewed uh, Ivar from Enslaved. Like, and, like, asked him, like, about and did kind of the same thing. I was like, you know, the Norwegian black metal scene, like, reminds me of the Brooklyn rock scene where, like, everyone wants to act like it was this planned thing. And it was just kind of happenstance and wasn't as much of a thing as they thought it was. Uh, uh, Because, yeah, it did. Like, where I was just like... uh, the fact of the i don't know the concept of it is very weird to realize i've like lived through at this point like to some extent like two scenes mm-hmm. not of the equivalent of the grunge thing but like you know the basement punk scene that we lived in is like legendary in its own s- specific way like you know like of that very specific time period right of like a change uh, uh, and then, yeah, this, like, now, like, yes, it's very Seattle to me in that, like, I was like, well, there was no unified sound in that either. Like, that's the reason we did that terrible Panthers two-week tour of the UK where we hemorrhaged money 
and should not have been playing any of the shows. And the only reason we were doing because we even have a record out in the UK. And everyone was like, why are you here for two weeks? No one does that. And the only reason we were there is because we were Brooklyn. Like hmm. they told us. It was the guy who booked the AAS. And he was just like, I'm going to just be like, he kind of was just like, I'm booking you and I'll just say that you're from Brooklyn. Like it felt like was what he basically was telling us. So it's like we booked two weeks worth of shitty barfly shows that no one came to because they it's the equivalent. That was the part when they said like people were just throwing the word Seattle on a record. And I was like, fuck, yeah, that's how we ended up in the UK. Hmm. And like I came back and was like, oh, my God, that was like a fucking nightmare. Like, what are we doing with our lives? Right. Um, what was it? There was that band. Um shit what were they called like the traveling uh wilburys Mud- Mud no. Honey? Uh, no 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 there was uh, oh the like, young yeah yeah the young, the young fresh fellows the young fresh fellows were doing yeah. like the panthers tour it felt but right, they're right. more successful they actually <laughs> people come to their uh record store uh fucking appearances and shit um different yes. musical climate uh it did just feel it felt it did feel f- uh, familiar in that like there was the Brooklyn rock explosion. It's just like, well, what was that sound? So every single band sounded exactly different. Like the liars didn't sound like the AES, which didn't sound like young people, which didn't sound like Panthers, which didn't sound like fucking the strokes, which didn't, who didn't even exist. Honestly, yeah. they were not part of it. Uh, 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 you know, didn't sound like how many bands would you say were actually in like, did you ever play with gang gang dance? Yes. We shared a practice space with them. I know you shared a practice space with them, but I'm like, did you ever? Because like for me, I think for, we like, did probably play with that. Like it's like definitely like, we're, but it's hard. It's I I I'm gonna say definitely, but it's such a mush of like, did we just hang out with? But then because I'm like, oh wait, we played with Avitar and Panda Bear, but with Orchid, not with Panthers. Oddly, yeah. Even though we shared a practice space with them and Black Dice and Gang Gang Dance. Um, but That's I we saying. probably played a Fitz show. Like that guy who booked those like weird shows in like the abandoned lots, yeah, uh, in Brooklyn that are now like you know high rises, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, like that one where my amp just kept falling on top of me because the stage was just like crumbling underneath us. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, but there and there was like kind of cross pollination of like types of bands. You know, it was a lot like there would be these shows that was almost like if you saw like. <sighs> No. Monster X <laughs> with like <laughs> Hold on. Brain. There was never that kind of show in the Brooklyn Rock scene. Sorry. Like no offense, but yeah, like there wasn't. Uh, um, um because when you I was thinking this when When we opened you know, for the Promise Ring, how about that? <laughs> yeah. When we um when we were watching this movie, when I was watching it and and well even earlier when you guys were talking about like the scene, like I, I thought I from remember reading about the Seattle st- stuff in the nineties that like Nirvana and Pearl Jam never played together. Right. You know, like there were lots of bands here that like had absolutely no crossover other than the fact that they were, I swear there was at least one show city. at the cow palace in San Francisco that I read about once as a kid, but maybe I Did didn't, maybe I just merged that. But that would be if that, even again, if that's in San Francisco, that's like yeah. not like an organic scene building up. Right. That's like, right. Like and in, the, I mean the reason I asked about Brooklyn is because like, I mean Brooklyn whatever happened in Brooklyn will not answer what happened in Seattle but like, yeah. I, there are it's the the the, the seenness of it is maybe stretching it a bit 
Mm-hmm. You know, like Brooklyn for someone, rock scene was just like the. I would imagine that that's why I think about the Seattle and the grunge scene is it's just like to me it's just a bunch of people graduated at the same time. Yes, moved to New York at the same time. Yeah, just so it just happened that a bunch of people from RISD ended up there, and then a bunch of people from Hampshire, and a bunch of people from Boston University, and a bunch of people from like it's just like it, it was just this cycle of you know. Again, to it's it's like why did that all happen? It's like to answer when we still get the billionth you know time of like why did Orchid break up? And it'd be like I don't know because we graduated college. Like yeah. you know, it's just like you go do the next thing. Like you know, like it's because I had to move to a different place than Boston. Um, you know, I, not all of us had to, but yeah. you know, hey, <laughs> really left down the screamo. <laughs> Community. So, uh, King of yeah, no, I heard about it. People at ABC, no Rio, coming to see Panthers and giving us grief. Um, but, uh, or, you know, board.crucial.org. Yeah, I looked. Hey, even when Orchid played ABC, no Rio, we gave you grief, so. Yeah, that Didn't is really true. Matter. That's ethics. Wait, who, gave, who gave him grief? Well, AJ and I, you know, we'd yell, that's ethics. Or I mean, that was baby. always the problem is nobody, I think, understood that. I was like good friends with you. <laughs> you never and knew what I, was going to happen. And when I, I didn't want to talk to anyone else besides my actual friends. <laughs> I do not believe communication is essential in this scene or wherever wow. the fuck it is. Wow. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> Sounds kind of grungy, Jeff. I'm hey, sorry. man. <laughs> I also know AJ doesn't completely believe that either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so. Pete, I feel like we haven't let you talk about your feelings about grunge, this movie, uh, the abortion ban. What do you want what? to go? <laughs> wow! You Can want I also to say just before in? I forget that I think Jack and Dino got floated around as a producer at one point for us. So. Oh, I would like. Could have. Uh, uh, Jeff, sure. can you turn the uh, bass up a little bit over there? A bit more uh, uh, super no, this, fun. This, this yeah, um. Goblin City sounds eerily familiar. <laughs> to, yeah, he would have he would have torn it apart. He would have realized the truth behind it all. Yeah. <laughs> can you get a little more phase effect on all of the instruments? And uh, can we make the drums a little tinnier? I will really say the phaser is not a highlight of grunge. Um, mm. Keep it's not like a good look. You mean? Like, yeah, it's not a good. It's a, it's not, it's it's one of the '90s things that doesn't age as well. Look, it's hard enough hearing it on like a dystopia baseline yeah. <laughs> uh, or like a neurosis baseline but uh yeah that's when it's crust punk it feels slightly still not great but at least it's okay i would like some of the bands that were like listening to the soundtrack and the soundtrack's wild can we just say just the, to throw out the soundtrack we, is i don't know talk. what the, it is the documenting bands, the band <laughs> wait hold on let's come back to this because yeah, yeah okay. people talk about anything but then let's do a segment on the soundtrack okay. like let's a breakout segment so pete your thoughts on abortion? My th- <laughs> <laughs> Keep it legal, baby. Keep it legal. Yeah. 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 He's yes. 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 Oh, my yes. God. Eddie yes. Vedder's writing pro-choice on his arm. Listen, if it wasn't for Ed Ved, if Ed. it wasn't for Kurt you Cobain, there would have been. Know about we wouldn't know about Fugazi. Who's we? we? You just we? included yeah. all Who's of us. We? Get out of here, bro. You don't think bro. you don't think people didn't find out? I knew about Fugazi before. Pearl I understand Jam, I that, but Hold I on. will say, like, I didn't. No, that's, that's, that's backwards. That's, that's ass like, backwards. I want to say this. I will say, I say no. I will say, no, if I will there was say no Nirvana. If there was no Nirvana, and there was no 
um, uh, Soundgarden or Pearl Jam, we all collectively might have known about Nirvana. I'm sorry, about Fugazi earlier and have had more exposure to them. Because we right? wouldn't have been like, ugh, if they like them, then I'm not going to be into Fugazi. <laughs> no, or like these things were dist- these were like distracting bands that were there to make money, not to build a punk rock community. Pete, sure, okay. But there was bands. There was bands. They they did not realize that that communication was essential for to build our punk rock community. No, I didn't even get a letter. There, there was, (laughs) there were bands that I, I think probably found out through Nirvana. Like I don't know if I knew about Me Puppets or uh, Flipper or or Daniel Johnson. Like he'd wear that shirt. Yes. So. You know, there you go. Is that, is that a good so thing or a bad thing I, that you I know, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I will say, like... You're really getting into that I Daniel Johnson discography a lot lately? Uh, no, but um, <laughs> he had some okay songs. Um, I was wondering no. if I heard the... If I found out about the Melvins through Nirvana or Headbangers Ball. I can't remember. I, for me, through Nirvana. It was, like, right around the same time. But it would have been why I gave Jesus Lizard a chance. From Nirvana. And then... Yeah, because I knew they had that split. Right. right. And then at first I was like, what the fuck is this? I could not get into it for a very long time. That's the thing. They, you, they exposed you to Jesus Lizard. Yeah. But then it wasn't like they were the uptake on Jesus Lizard. No. Then when I got – obviously when I got into it, I got into it hard. But it right. took a very long time. And I said, Melvin's right away. I was just like, oh, I like this better than Nirvana. Yeah. Not that it had to be a choice, but I was just like, right. oh, this is more in line. This will lead me to Carp. Like, yeah. you know, this will lead me to the parts of K Records that I like, a.k.a. two albums, maybe. And, Matt, you found out about William S. Burroughs through Nirvana. I did. See? Oh, so the priest that. Yeah. that ate his ass or whatever that <laughs> yeah. record was. The priest they called him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> No, no, I think it was called The Priest That Ate His Ass. Yeah, that, that too. Uh, I don't know. This movie, I mean, it wasn't the best documentary, and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be about. Um it was fine. The The bands were very confusing. Yeah. I didn't care for most of them uh, that we can talk about on the, uh, the soundtrack. Yeah. But the, there's a love the, for classic rock that makes some grunge work for me. It's because they, 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 they work in the same world, but then a lot of the bands not to get into our segue on the soundtrack. We'll get into it more. A lot of these bands seem like they're more into like, we also like the Nuggets box set. Yeah. And mm. no doubt. Is that what it is? Is that the garbage that they're into? I think it just, it felt like rockabilly related, like oh, it, like old timey. I don't know. Yeah. Lenny K or some shit. Yeah. All right, Pete, go ahead. Come on. Let's just hear Let's. I, we want, we need, we yeah, need some get, we've been talking too much. I Me mean, and Matt have been going nuts here. <laughs> I, just you go. Know, just I do think that, like, just say it, just say it, Pete. I just think say that it. This, yeah. I think this, what do you think about trans rights? <laughs> free 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 him free for trans rights uh i think that this conversation has been enlightening because this community. well i don't know about this podcast community <laughs> but i would say understanding better where you were coming from because i feel like we kept asking and you would say wild things um and i don't disagree with you like it definitely is like a you know, just a label. Uh, but I, I like, you know, I mean, I can't say grunge didn't have like an impact in my musical taste. And there were bands that I liked and depending on what we're calling grunge labels. 
Pete. You I'm are not you. what you this own. This is a quick one. No, it's not about it's a label, but it means something to me or some bullshit. I don't know. Oh, America like is just gonna... a word I use it? Yeah, I think that's what I was like <laughs> waiting for you to say. Grudge is just a label. But I use it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have done that. My God, I want to make you a grudge. It's just a label, but I use <laughs> but it. I sure. use it. That is a good one. <laughs> oh, man. That should be it a T-shirt. Bad. It ain't bad. That should be a DTT shirt. Oh, God my damn, God. That definitely. so good. Yeah. <laughs> Write that down. That's trademarked. Nobody um, can take it. No one steal that. That's a gold <laughs> idea right there. Uh, hold on. I got to mail it to myself right now quick. <laughs> uh, it's, got, it's got Ian's little hat underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> So, but that's the thing, right? Like, so, like, there are. I listened to the sh- the, the hell out of that record, right? Like when it came out, like you didn't listen to the shit it. out Tell of us it. About it. Was it eighth? You grade pulled or back on that one because no, you were in eighth grade. You didn't want it because you were thinking about Catholic school, yeah. and you're like, I can't yes. say shit. I'll say hell. Yeah. Wait, that doesn't work either. <laughs> I feel like it was so, sixth or seventh grade for me. Well, so ninety one. just told me that I was being yes, too 91. raunchy with my language. No, so this is like, this is your AMREP moment. Go go above and beyond. Just get in there. No, I think I had two. You are the you're the What's it? Porno grind. When I was a kid and I listened to it, it was like I creamed my jeans. But when I'm an adult, (laughs) I can't um, get an erection. (laughs) I can't get enough of this fucking album. You know, it's just like gives me a boner. It's like, oh, I put sweatpants on, I got a boner. Now, Matt, you are the. I don't even know what porno grind is, but you're the porno grind of the DTD crew, which I think probably sounds offensive. Porno grind. I think you can kind of guess what porno grind is, people. You know what? I can't even like. I don't even know what. Porno grind means minisodes. Yeah, <laughs> we, we do not need to do a video. Like, I want Matt to un- to explain the genre of porno grind. In the, I'm not right the one now, to but do that. no, that would be. Um, why would Matt? Yes, I know, it? but because <laughs> it, he likes to like push buttons. Yeah. So yeah, so I would love to listen yeah. to a twenty minute diatribe from Matt <laughs> describing cream face. <laughs> I have I have nothing to say. Yeah, yeah like, you shouldn't. Yeah. Um, th- th- why is it that like? So I listened to the fuck out of um, in of Nevermind when it came out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and but I probably listened to be honest, like to the f- the f- the first two Nezatom McDuspin records <laughs> way more, like way more. The first two Living Color records way more. I can already the give Pesh you the answers because it was your choice. But, well, but I loved the like, but I, I but it was like in and that you can't. You couldn't escape it like the yeah. Beatles. You can't like if it was if yeah. like I can't like even if it comes on the radio, it's again, it's not your choice. And when it's like not your choice so much like and yeah. and also it's the exact age again. We're getting into the off ramp of really realizing how not cool it is when things are shoved down your throat. Yeah. You know, like in starting to put into kind of words, starting to really realize that pro choice makes sense in Eddie Vedder's arm. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, yes. yes. But also, but, I mean, yeah. I was in, wait, 91. So am I in sixth grade and you're in seventh grade for you guys? Probably. I yeah. think it was like summer. It came, I think this, the, the, I think the album came out in the summer before seventh for us, before okay. sixth for you. Yeah. So that makes sense. I mean, but it took a little bit because I kind of remember coming home from school and turning on MTV and it was on and being pissed it was on. I remember first. getting it before it was a hit, you know, just because. Pissed because why? 
Because at first I legit, I was just like, I didn't, I was like, I don't like bands like this. Oh, I see. And then I turned into, like, and then I got into it. And I remember Jay liking Pearl Jam, but I was like, I don't like this either. Mm. Um, Whoa, (laughs) she says, have I got a little story for you? But at the same time, this week I've been listening to the shit out of State of Love and Trust. I was like, that's a good song, man. It is a good song. It is a good song. Even that second album has some good songs. That song, Go? It's good. Yeah, Versus. Um yeah, I mean, at that point, like, sixth grade, I'm not, like, in the world of, of punk, really. You know, like, that is... No, I mean, even you talking about, like, oh, imagine I saw Porno for Pyros with, was it Flaming Lips? Yep. In 93? Uh, but also, that's Lord. 93. Yep. I was at Lollapalooza 93. Like, it wasn't like I was, like, I wasn't going to punk shows. Matt started a little bit earlier than us, uh, just, like, yeah. in the grand scheme of, like, when you start punk. Uh, yeah. uh, but like, yeah, it's like you, I was like, oh, this makes sense to me, Pete. Like, is that when you, you saw the age. offspring at ABC No Real, Matt? Is that what you saw? <laughs> <I've> that <laughs> was your first show? <laughs> I've never seen the offspring. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Gotta keep them separated. And Matt was yeah. like, is this Agent Orange? It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Might as well playing? be. Yeah. Might What's as well be. Hey, what is this, Panty Raid? And Matt's already a snob about <laughs> them ripping off ribs. <laughs> you, you, and Har- See, you and Harley were up there, front. done that. <laughs> You and Harley yeah, had your arms um, around each other? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's also, honestly, not a bad if we ever made Doc Still Death shirts that just said, been there, done that. Doc Still Death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember when uh, Adrenaline OD went super pop. I don't need this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Little band, Clifton called Dog Tired. You ever heard of them? <laughs> um, Wait, why are you trying to figure out the year that it came, Pete, for you? Sixth well, grade. I was just trying well, to put say. it into to perspective of you got to remember what uh, it's like. At the time. You got to remember, you know, if you weren't there, um, you uh, know, you we were there. still uh, <laughs> we're still getting lunchables sent to us at school and <laughs> riding a yellow school bus. Uh, I think I was just trying to put in perspective of where we were in our lives that, you know, I wasn't our the way I was getting music was either from my brother or MTV or the radio. Yeah. Maybe I mean, friends, I think, but again, like that wasn't really much, you know. But it's just, I, I, you know, it is. It's not. I'm sure it's not unique to a lot of the people who listen to this show. But like, I think, it, you know, for most of us, it was like a pretty quick. It it was the part of the trajectory to get to. Yes. Uh, uh what we what was going to be Better the rest music. of our lives? Yeah. yeah Nirvana basically. took you to Quicksand, Jeff, and there you go. Basically. Quick I mean, Primus crunch. was before all of it, so it didn't fucking matter probably anyway. Somehow in there, maybe. Uh, Did I ever say that? I don't know how I got it, but at some point I had the first 311 record. What? Like, I think I bought it. Wait, you're just sharing <laughs> this now in season wow. three? Like, you've been sitting on this for wow. this long? Wait a minute. I never, so I was never that the first ABC it. show you went to? Wow. Yes, it was definitely. I, 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 I got what? it. What? Maybe, maybe we should have been asking Matt if Incubus is grunge. Because, yeah, I, I mean, mean. He understands this shit, apparently. That's why he was, like, so fast to text. Like, no, no. <laughs> no, I did not fast text. <laughs> I, sure. I think I got it at Tower Records on the Tower Records trip, and it was, like, on sale, and it looked like they were hardcore kids on it. Sure. And I was like, oh, a hardcore record. In the back cover, they looked like they were hardcore kids. And you're like, ooh, new point. downset? And I bought it, yeah. and it was uh, Terrible. really weird. You thought they it was were de- I mean, 311 is a band that definitely, like, hardcore kids still would try to convince you that they were good. Um, it's like Turnstile or something. <laughs> 
I actually think that guy who was kind of doing it ironically a little bit, but not. I don't remember who he was. Who he had the black hair, but he was like, "Punk riffs are this, grunge oh, riffs totally are right. this." I was like, "Yes, you literally just did the only definition of grunge maybe out of all of this that makes sense to me." Musical. <laughs> I think definition. he said musical definition of grunge. Like I was just like, "There it is." Wow, you just well, this a guy who said grunge is a euphemism for extremes influenced by heavy metal, punk, loud, extreme. Grunge is more chaotic, less by numbers, less structure. Uh, I don't know. This is just the guy who was just like, this is a punk riff, and it was like two very separate oh, distinct yes, yes, chords, yes, yes. and then yes. grunge was that uh, you just slide between the two chords. <laughs> yes, okay. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, uh-oh, I play grunge, because that's how I play a lot of riffs. I slide <laughs> between chords instead of having the very distinct... <gasps> All right, I want you to look at it, and I want you to repeat after me that I don't have to write an original song all the time. <laughs> I do not have to write an original song all the time. It's okay if I do like grunge. I'm I'm well aware that it's okay if I like grunge. I got no problems like Matt does. Well, it's, uh, Pete, I don't know about it, how uh, these things work, but shouldn't he just like skip to the, uh, stick to the script? Yeah, just stick to the script. Okay, because he's he seems like he's like lashing and defensive <laughs> at the same time so i'm not quite sure what's we'll going try on. it again so it's okay if i do like grunge it's okay if i do like grunge <laughs> it's okay if if green river has a longer legacy than panthers it is okay if green river has a longer <laughs> legacy than panthers <laughs> i'm good enough <laughs> i'm good enough i'm smart enough i'm smart enough and doggone it people like me and dog got it, people like me. And I will say, I swear, <laughs> I never have heard Creed River before. <laughs> I am so defeated and broken by this movie that I can't even joke around about our uh, rating system. Can one of you just introduce our rating system so I can just say a one-word answer and get the fuck out of this uh, conversation. I mean, the crazy part is, too, is like I almost feel like this is one we don't even need the rating system. Yeah. Because. Wow. It's not wow. Grunge. It's so not fucking. No, punk. because uh, if why. this is the first time you're listening to this, we often rate our we always rate our documentaries on a scale of how punk is this documentary, a.k.a. this movie is as punk as we always have three ratings that change depending on the actual movie we watched, and we always have a constant. This movie is as punk as Dave Grohl. I mean, there's a bit of me that just seems crazy that we're not just going to, like, cut our losses very quick, end the pain for Matt, and just all go, yeah, 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 it's as punk as Dave Grohl. It's as punk as Dave Grohl. It's as punk as Dave Grohl. It's a fucking about can hype. We, can we all, can we, can we, as punk and not punk. As punk and not as, punk as Dave Grohl. No, because Dave Grohl, I'll give it, I mean, yes. like, can we just say that and be done with it? Because this is so. I mean, I don't even know if, if it qualifies as as punk as Dave Grohl. I, th- I think that's right. I think and maybe that, I think that's why is... it's as punk as Dave Grohl. It's what? wow, wow. <laughs> that's some, that is meta. Like, yeah. no, I think. Oh, I think you know what? Is... I gotta say that now. That's interesting. Now, yeah. you know what? Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah, Yo. you're not yeah. wrong. That's interesting. You ain't wrong. <laughs> I think there's some research we could do on this, and like, like. I mean, it'd be a cool thing to think about, you know, like it's it's I got some positive vibes towards that because I got no positive vibes for this movie. So what I think killed grunge? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Now, if you grunge were was the most cool thing, 
If you were stuck. It smells like teen spirit. <laughs> that was Punk Rock Academy doing or something. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I'm just trying like, to hit all of our bases here. <laughs> anyway. All right, so we, um, we're not doing a real rating. We're saying this is, it's not as punk. Up. We're done. It's not as punk as Dave Grohl, it, but Pete. it's so punk as Dave Grohl. We're done. Well, we're done. okay. Well, you know what? That, done. that brings us. I'm editing us... out what you're saying right <laughs> now. What you're saying <laughs> is hitting the cutting room floor. <laughs>